Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And welcome to the Muslim Matters Podcast. When racism goes viral, the coronavirus and modern Muslim Orientalism, as read by the author Zeba Khan. Lumping an entire people together for collective punishment, reveling in their suffering, and sniggering at their food choices isn't an exercise in science, sunnah, or compassion. It's good old-fashioned Orientalism. In the eight weeks since it was identified, the 2019 novel coronavirus has infected nearly 12,000 people in China alone, 200 of whom did not survive. Symptoms are flu-like in nature, and the global side effects include acute, apparently contagious, racism. Online, in Muslim, as well as non-Muslim spaces, social media feeds are sniggering, Ew! You eat gross things! Of course you'll eat gross diseases! In the midst of this human tragedy, Orientalist tropes about the Chinese are being sloppily repackaged as health concerns over the coronavirus and served with the side of bat soup. Yes, bat soup. The coronavirus in question is found in bats, and thanks to the scientific expertise of social media, videos of Chinese people consuming anything from bat soup to baby mice and rats are popping up as quote-unquote proof of the disease's cause. However the coronavirus made the jump from bats to humans, the initial source of the outbreak seems to have originated from the Wuhan seafood market, where a number of employees and a few shoppers were the first casualties to the infection. The 2019 novel coronavirus is moving from person to person the same way that the flu does, and what a person eats or doesn't eat has no bearing on whether they contract the virus or not. In an article titled, No, Coronavirus Was Not Caused by Bat Soup, But Here's What Researchers Think May Be to Blame, Health.com writes, quote, Coronaviruses in general are a large family of viruses that can affect many different species of animals, including camels, cattle, cats, and bats, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In rare cases, those viruses are also zoonotic, which means they can pass between humans and animals, as was the case with Middle East Respiratory Syndrome and severe acute respiratory system to severe coronaviruses in people. Initially, this novel coronavirus was believed to have started in a large seafood or wet market, suggesting animal-to-person spread, according to the CDC. But a large number of people diagnosed with the virus reportedly didn't have exposure to the wet markets, indicating that person-to-person spread of the virus is also occurring. However, it's still possible that the novel coronavirus began with an infected animal at the market and then went on to -to person-to-person transmission once people were infected, end quote. Being uncomfortable with things you've never considered edible before isn't necessarily a racist reaction. When my husband told me he ate a chocolate-covered cricket once, I hid my toothbrush for a week. But that's not what's going on here. There is a deadly virus threatening a group of people, and the internet sees fit to make fun of them. Why? Because Orientalism. Orientalism is the quote-unquote intellectual framework through which Western societies create a clear and permanent line between Western superiority and Oriental inferiority. If Orientalism were an Instagram filter, 
It would take any picture of any person, event, or thing and distort its appearance to be other and in some way inferior. The inferiorizing feature is step one, because in order to position yourself as a winner, the other guy has to be a loser in some way. The otherizing is the step two, and both steps are important, because if you say that your little brother is a loser, in the end, you're still family and you've got his back. That would be inferiorizing, but not otherizing. But if you say that that other kind of guy is a loser, then you have no common ground. And when that other kind of guy is in trouble, you need only gloat and make nasty comments on Twitter. That's inferiorizing with otherizing. Orientalism can be loosely translated as us versus them, normal versus weird, local versus invasive, foreign, or exotic. The otherizing effect of Orientalism is so subconsciously embedded in people that it even creates auditory illusions to maintain the otherization of the subject. As crazy as that sounds, everyone has their own experience with this. Mine, for just last month, played out as follows. A homeless man approached my window and said, Ma'am, do you have two dollars? I smiled and responded to him, I have exactly two dollars. As I dug around in my wallet, he cocked his head and said, Your accent, there's something different about it. Something foreign? Exotic? It's Chicago, I said, handing him two dollars. He blinked a few times. What's Chicago? My accent. It's Chicagoan. English is my first language. My accent is from Chicago. He narrowed his eyes at me suspiciously, this gatekeeper of Chicagoness. What part of Chicago? Northside, Lincolnwood area, I said. I grew up on Devon Avenue. Pulaski Park, he beamed, pointing himself. I'm from Chicago, too. We smiled at each other, basking for a moment in our mutual Chicagoness. Then I waved and drove away, adding his insistence of my exotic otherness to the dozens of other peoples who have heard my perfectly flat, perfectly blandly Midwestern accent and perceived something foreign. I call that one hearing with your eyes. I have lost track of people who have tried to insist that I have an accent. One woman even went so far as to imply that I was lying about being a native English speaker, that I must have some other first language because there's, quote, something else in there. I can hear something foreign, but you're very articulate, though. <laughs> Compliments like, you're so articulate, or you're so different give you partial credit for your exceptionality while still discrediting every other member of your general race, religion, region, or hemisphere. The left-handed compliment has a long history and follows a predictable pattern. Take, for example, this excerpt from The Talisman, a crusade genre fiction published in 1825. In this scene, our gallant invading knight finds himself unable to defeat the enemy Saracen, a.k.a. Muslim defender of the Holy Land. In grudging admiration, the knight concedes, <clears throat> I well thought that your blinded race had their descent from the foul fiend, without whose aid you would never have been able to maintain this blessed land of Palestine against so many valiant soldiers of God. I speak not thus of thee in particular, Saracen, but generally of thy people and religion. Strange it is to me, however, not that you should have descended from the evil one, but that you should boast of it. 
Translation, your people and your religion are the spawn of Satan, but not you. I speak not thus of thee in particular. You're so cool for a Muslim. Spoiler alert. Turns out he's facing off against Salahuddin. From the Crusades to colonialism to America's chronic invasion of Muslim lands, the misrepresentation of people from over there is both a cause and effect of policy decisions. Orientalism creates the bad guys necessary to justify the good guy response by proving the bad guys to be so weird, inferior, and intrinsically bad that it becomes necessary to call for the good guy cavalry. That gives the good guys permission to take over the resources that the bad guys are too incompetent to manage anyway, and overthrow the governments they're too stupid to run, and free the women that they're too barbaric to appreciate. One excellent reference on this is Dr. Jack Shaheen's brilliant documentary, Real Bad Arabs, that's R-E-E-L, as in a film reel, which summarizes a hundred years of Hollywood's Orientalist portrayal of Arabland, a mythical, exotic, treacherous, incompetent, and seductive place, whose capital city is apparently Agrabah, which, in 2015, a public policy poll found that 30% of GOP voters were in favor of bombing. Another side effect of Orientalism is the refusal to allow for individual accountability and the insistence on collective blame. Quote-unquote, Western men who harm and oppress women are rightly labeled as jerks and abusers who don't represent Western morals, ethics, or ideals through their individual actions. Same for white racists, extremists, and criminals in general. However, Muslim jerks who do the same are awarded representative status of the entire Muslim population, 1.9 billion people, and Islamic tradition of 1,441 years. The perception of all Muslim men based on only the worst of them seems ludicrous on paper, and such generalizations are no longer acceptable to make about racial groups, but still seem perfectly popular when made about religious minority groups. Orientalism enables the belief that Muslims are terrible terrorists who are terrible to their women. If they say otherwise, it's because their religion is terrible and lying about it is part of the religion too. They don't deserve their own lands or resources because they'll just use them for more terribleness. We should go in and save them from themselves and also make lots of predictable, idiotic romance novels and movies in which a poor, beautiful oriental female is rescued through the power of love and freedom. Because just as violence is the natural state of the Muslim man, oppression is the natural state of the Muslim woman, Miskina Habibti. Human beings can be horrible to each other. No ethnic, religious, or racial group is any exception to this. The problem arises when individual horribleness is elevated to collective attribution, and that collective attribution is used to justify collective punishment as well as collective suffering. When millions of Americans get sick from the flu and tens of thousands die every year, why aren't we making fun of the weird things that white people eat? like Rocky Mountain Oysters, which are bull testicles, and sweetbreads, which are bits of an animal's pancreas and thymus glands. What about snails, frog legs, crawfish, chocolate-covered ants, and those tequila-inspired lollipops with an actual worm candied in the center? The filtering effect of Orientalism means that our weird foods, be it maghaz masala or katakat, 
are quirky and fun, but their weird foods are disgusting and totally caused to celebrate infectious disease. If the tables were turned and a deadly coronavirus originated from, say, Saudi Arabia, would it be all right to ridicule Muslims for what they ate or how they lived? What if that specific coronavirus actually originated in camels? Yes, camels. The Islamophobic internet would have a field day with that one. Yes, we ride camels and prize camels, and we even eat camels. And they're delicious, I might add. But if a deadly virus originated from camels, found its way into humans in the Middle East, and from there caused death and destruction in other countries, would it be our fault? Would we deserve scorn? Would the suffering and death of our people be justified by how gross it is that we eat camels? even if only a few of us actually do, and the rest of us just prefer shawarma? <sighs> Pause for dramatic emphasis. Open the Lancet. Read. Quote, Human coronavirus is one of the main pathogens of respiratory infection. The two highly pathogenic viruses, SARS-CoV and MERS-CoV, cause severe respiratory syndrome in humans and four other human coronaviruses induce mild upper respiratory disease. The major SARS-CoV outbreak involving 8,422 patients occurred during 2002-3 and spread to 29 countries globally. MERS-CoV emerged in Middle Eastern countries in 2012 but was imported into China. The sequence of 2019 novel coronavirus is relatively different from the six other coronavirus subtypes, but can be classified as beta coronavirus. SARS-CoV and MERS-CoV can be transmitted directly to humans from civets and dromedary camels, respectively, and both viruses originate in bats. But the origin of the 2019 novel coronavirus needs further investigation. The mortality of SARS-CoV has been reported at more than 10% and MERS-CoV at more than 35%, end quote. MERS-CoV, or literally Middle East Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus, emerged in 2012, traveling from bats to camels to humans, killing 35% of the people who contracted it. It originated in Saudi Arabia and found its way across the continent all the way to China. So could the Chinese internet have been justified in ridiculing our deaths because we ate camels? Could they legitimize posting gross videos of whole pit-roasted camels? Could they say it was science and not racism as they moved on to our other gross foods like locusts and the dub lizard? Locusts and lizards have as much to do with the MERS-CoV as mice and rats have to do with the 2019 novel coronavirus. But doesn't our grossness in general mean we deserve our fate? No, it doesn't. Making fun of what people eat isn't science, epidemiology, or sunnah. It's racism. And it's hugely disappointing to see Muslims hurt others with the same tropes that are used to hurt us. Orientalism is alive and kicking both of our communities in the teeth, Chinese and Muslim. But to further complicate the matter, there's the ongoing genocide of the Uyghur Muslims in China, and that too is rooted in Orientalism. The Chinese government has imprisoned 3 million Muslims in concentration camps, 
a number equal to the entire Muslim population in America. It is not unexpected that some people wishfully assume the 2019 novel coronavirus epidemic to be the comeuppance that the Chinese government deserves for its cruelty. But that's sad and wrong on many, many levels. People cheering the coronavirus on fail to understand a few very big, very important things about the situation. I will list them out because the internet is no place for subtlety, and these points have to stand out for those who would sail over the entire article so they can trash it in the comments, and they are as follows. Number one, the entire population of China is no more responsible for the actions of its government than you are for yours. If you hate Donald Trump, his border wall, the separation of families, the Muslim ban, cuts to medical benefits, and corruption in general, but still live in America, then you understand that a great, frustrated, and powerless mass of citizens can have little to no effect on its government's choices, such as politics, such as life, such as China too. Number two, the coronavirus's lethality is exponentially higher in people with poor health and weak immune systems. Like the flu, the coronavirus is most lethal to children and the elderly. It is not targeted at, nor limited to, the Chinese leadership for its crimes against humanity. Unfortunately, that is not how epidemics work. Number three, the spread of coronavirus, like all respiratory infections, is greatly accelerated through close living quarters as well as poor sanitation and hygiene. The 3 million Uyghur Muslims interred by the Chinese government are imprisoned in distressingly cruel, cramped, and unhygienic conditions. Their close proximity, as well as population density, means that if the virus makes it into the captive population, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Muslims, would die. Don't root for the coronavirus. It does not discriminate based on religion or race, even if you do. And now... We come full circle. When Muslims ridicule the Chinese for being gross, they are simply echoing the same racist, orientalist talking points that labeled the Chinese and later the Japanese as the yellow peril, a filthy, faceless, monolithic mass deserving all of our scorn and none of the individual considerations that we insist on for ourselves. Given the abuse that Muslims have been subject to by Orientalist tropes, it should make us all the more aware of its dangerous cultural impact. We know what it's like to be looked down on, to be laughed at, to be blamed for our own suffering. We know what it feels like to have our foods gagged at, our accents mocked, and our cultural clothing turned into Halloween costumes. We're still, we know very painfully and very currently, what it looks like for an entire people to be treated as a disease in and of themselves. China has declared Islam to be a contagious disease, a quote, ideological illness. And on this very basis is it holding 3 million Muslims hostage. In an official statement loaded with situational irony, the Chinese Communist Party officially said, quote, Members of the public who have been chosen for re-education have been infected by an ideological illness. They have been infected with religious extremism and violent terrorist ideology, and therefore they must seek treatment from a hospital as an inpatient. 
There is always risk that the illness will manifest itself at any moment, which can cause serious harm to the public. That is why they must be admitted to a re-education center hospital in time to treat and cleanse the virus from their brain and restore their normal mind. Being affected by religious extremism and violent terrorist ideology and not seeking treatment is like being infected by a disease that has not been treated in time or like taking toxic drugs. There is no guarantee that it will not trigger and affect you in the future. End quote. The dangers of racism and Orientalism are real, and the victims number the millions. Knowing how much damage Orientalism causes in our community, we must commit to never, ever stooping to the same ideologies that are used to justify our own oppression. No matter how many bats people eat, or how evil their government can be, people are individual people. We stand on equal footing equally deserving of respect, compassion, and acknowledgement of our humanity. The Orientalist mindset that diminishes and distances us from each other strips us of our dignity, whether we are its victim or its perpetrator. Such racism is antithetical to the prophetic compassion and mercy that Islam demands from us as Muslims. When Muslims celebrate the suffering of innocent people, as some sort of epidemiological revenge for the suffering of innocent people, that's not Islam. That's prejudice. Jazakallahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Muslim Matters is a free online platform dedicated to the voices of Muslims in the media. To find this article and other works, please visit us at muslimmatters.org.